0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, OrlandoCityChurch.com. Today, lead pastor Eugene Smith will be talking about the reasons we can be thankful today. The benefits of knowing God produce in us a life that is changed and much to be thankful for. Sometimes when we look at what we have, it, we feel like it's only five kernels of corn. But as we remember our blessings, we might come to discover that there is a whole bag of benefits that we received from a merciful, compassionate Heavenly Father. Our scripture text comes from Psalms 103, starting in verse 1. Today's message is entitled, Five Kernels of Corn.
1: Praise the Lord. Praise for the Lord's mercy, a Psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all. Everyone say all. All. Come on, say it again. All. All All His benefits. Who forgives all. Everyone say all. All All your iniquities. Who heals all. Everyone say all. all. your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth. With good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who were oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful. Everyone say merciful, merciful. and gracious. Say gracious. gracious. He is slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as He removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. For He knows our frame, and He remembers that we are dust let's pray lord i thank you this morning in these next few moments your grace is more than enough thank you today that god we've come into this place to give you praise and thanksgiving and you've heard the prayers and the worship of your people we thank you for your kindness we thank you for your love we thank you that this thanksgiving season we have so many things to be grateful for And God, I am asking right now for you to do what only you can do in this church. God, for you to touch the hearts of every person that's here. We love you today. And and Jesus, we welcome you. We welcome you as the king of this church and as the pastor of this church to do what only you can do. Be the great shepherd of your people. Pour out your tender kindness and mercy today. Open our hearts to receive. Lord, I pray for myself again. I need you. Lord, this second service, I need you to communicate, Lord, that a day of thanksgiving leads to a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Lord, I pray right now for your grace in the mighty and the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. We all like benefits, isn't that right? Everyone likes benefits. You look for a job that has benefits, but... Life doesn't always hand you benefits. Isn't that true? Some things happen in your life that aren't a benefit. You have challenges. You know, we have some people still coming in. If you guys just ushers, you've got some seats over here. Just to make sure everybody's in real tight. There's still some people that are coming in from outside. Well, things happen in your life. They ain't necessarily a benefit. Someone once said is life is, life is 10% of what happens and 90% of how you think about it. Life is 10% of what actually happens and 90% of how you think about it. Two weeks ago this past Tuesday, I woke up 3 o'clock in the morning and something was growing on my lip. Now, I don't know if, you're, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I have personally never had something just start growing on my lip. And at 3 o'clock, it was like on the top part and then by like 6.30... I mean, this part of my lip—it had moved down, and my whole body—it was like all the way out, like this. I mean, I don't know what it was swollen. I would try to drink a cup of coffee, and it was dribbling on down my front. I mean, it was a mess. And so my wife, she googles it real quick, and we do some self-diagnosis. And and I don't—I mean, I don't know what it was, but something caused my lip just to grow, and it was a bad day. Everyone say bad day. It was a problem. I had a problem, so we took a little Benadryl, and the doctor got me right in, and because what can happen is you actually can start to swell, go into your glands, swell your glands, and boom, you're gone. So, so I wanted to make sure that, boom, I wasn't gone. I wasn't quite ready to go home yet, and uh, so I went to the doc, and he shot a cortisone, and by the end of the day, it was gone. One of those weird things that just happens. Just happens. Life happens. Isn't that Right. And not all of your life that happens is good. As a matter of fact, we have good things, we have bad things, and we got ugly things. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all part of the life that we live. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. David writes this psalm as he looks down memory lane. And as he's looking down memory lane, he's moving towards the end of his life. And I want you to see that David isn't remembering the bad stuff. He isn't remembering the problems with his in-laws. He isn't remembering the problem with his children. He isn't remembering the problems that he had with his enemies. No, when David looks down memory lane and the reason that God said he was a man after my own heart is because David began to see the benefits of his relationship with God. He began to see that, that, hey, there were real life benefits of following, of knowing and serving the God of heaven, whose name to David was Yahweh. He revealed himself as the God. who the, the God of all creation. The God of all omnipotence. The God of all power. The God of all might. The God who could do great and mighty things. And as David strolls down memory lane, he begins to write about the benefits. All. Everyone say all. The most important benefits that we could have in our relationship with God. You see, you have a, in your hand a bag of kernels. I want you to take that bag and you can go ahead and open it up now. I, just, I thought maybe I could open it. Last service I had to just rip the sucker open. But. You're going to open this up. I'm just going to go ahead and rip it open again. That little sticker on there. I'm going to hand mine to somebody. I didn't eat my Wheaties this morning. You gotta take just one. I want you to take one kernel. David de- begins to declare the benefits of his relationship with God. The title of my message this morning is Five Kernels of Corn. This kernel of corn represents a benefit of God. And the first benefit that David recognized was the benefit of the forgiveness of his iniquities. All. Everyone say all. All his iniquities. Not some of his iniquities. Not a few of his iniquities. Not just the real big ones or just the real little ones. David recognized that there was a God who was able to forgive him of all his iniquities. The word iniquities, I mean, it's a bad word. It's all the evil. The worst imaginable sins. I mean, it's it's evil. It's evil personified. It's worse than just sin. It's iniquities. The Bible says that our iniquities have separated us from God. And we were all born into this iniquity. This thing we called sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says, Because one man sinned, Adam. Because Adam sinned. We all sinned. And death came through the one man. You see, because one man chose to rebel against God, Death came into the world, but the fact is that Adam just didn't just sin, we all sinned. Adam was a representative of the human race. And as a representative of the human race, he represented the heart that was prone to wander from God. David had his times of failure. David made his share of mistakes. As a matter of fact, he made some grievous mistakes. Mistakes that cost him to the day that he died. But when he looked back over memory lane, he wasn't thinking about the mistakes. He was looking at the goodness of God and how the God that he served forgave him of all of his iniquities. I want you to know this morning, this first coronal represents my birthday. My birthday. I was born on June 5th into this world, 1963. But my real birthday took place November 17th, 1983 it was on November 17th, 1983, this past week, 27 years ago, this first kernel of forgiveness I experienced in my life in a way that I will never forget. Now I want you to know it hasn't been the only time since that I forget, for, experienced the forgiveness of God. Thousands and hundreds and I don't know how many times, it seems like God has to forgive me a lot. But I remember so clearly when I came to Jesus. I realized that I couldn't do it any longer on my own. Life was a challenge by itself, but without God, without serving God, life had become impossible for me. Self-destructive behaviors and patterns of my life had brought me down a road, a place of destruction. And as I look back over my life this week, I take this first kernel of corn and I say, thank You, Jesus, for forgiving me of all of my sins. You see, this, this wisdom of David, this string of pearls that he brings together, I believe that this understanding of forgiveness, forgiveness of our sins, is probably the greatest truth. It's probably the greatest kernel. I mean, they're all important, but to experience forgiveness, the forgiveness of God, I mean, it's what causes us to want to share with other people. It's It causes us to want to let other people know, hey, there's a better way. You don't have to live the kind of life. You don't have to experience the things that you're experiencing. Uh, you can be free today. As I begin to read through this psalm, I want you to look at verses 10 through 12 with me. And David said, he has not dealt with us according to our sins. No, punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, he remembers your sins no more. See, this is what happens when we do what the Bible says. The Bible says that when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all of our wrongdoing. That's the power of forgiveness. That's the power of forgiveness. And see, the God that we serve is a great God, he's the great judge. But I want you to know as the judge when he struck the gavel and he said it was finished and he declared the forgiveness of Jesus over your life when you asked Him to come into your heart at that very moment He forgave you. As far as the east is from the west He remembers your sins no more. You might remember. Others might remember. But when God looks down in your life He no longer sees you as a sinner in need of a Savior. The moment that you come to Jesus and say, Jesus, forgive me. The moment that you do that, now he sees you as his child in right relationship with him. You see, as a judge, he pardons our sins. But the next thing that I want you to see that David says is that not only does he heal us, uh, uh, not only does he forgive us of all of our iniquities, he heals us of all of our diseases. All your diseases today. Oh. I'm so thankful for the second kernel. The second kernel represents the healing power of our God. God made a promise to Moses. In Exodus chapter 15, the Bible says, listen, if you obey me, if you serve me, if you follow me, I won't put any of the diseases of the Egyptians upon you, for I will be the God who heals you. I am the Lord thy God, the old King James says, who healeth all thy diseases. This second kernel kernel represents the healing power of God. The healing power that was found through the atoning work of Jesus on Calvary's tree. You see, Jesus is your healer today. You see, as a judge, He pardoned. But as the great physician, He heals. That's the kernel of corn that we hold in our hand today. I want you to know this morning that He heals your body. The Bible says that Jesus went around doing good. I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses. The verse that says, He was anointed of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was anointed. Anointed in the, in the Greek is the word charis. It means the gift of God. The grace of God. He received endowment power from the Holy Spirit. Jesus as God was also fully man. And when He walked on this earth, He operated as a man. And the Spirit of God came, rested upon Him, filled Him and empowered Him. And He went around doing good. When He fed the thousands, when He fed the multitudes, it was doing good. When Jesus made a mud pie, and after He spit on the ground and put it in a blind man's eyes, and the man was able to see, He was doing good. When a person who was lame from birth laid by the pool of Bethesda, Jesus told him to pick up his mat and walk, He was doing good. When He raised His best friend Lazarus, He was doing good. You see, He was only good He only did good because the God that we serve is a good God. And He is good all the time. Come on, give him a big hand this morning. Oh. He healed them of all their diseases. Bless the Lord. Others might bless their life. Others might bless their idols. Others might bless their money. But we stir ourselves up today to bless our God. The word blessed, it means to praise. We thank Him for all of His benefits and we thank Him for the benefit of healing. He heals our minds. You see, when I I wasn't serving God, I was thinking all wrong. I was thinking all wrong. My mind needed to be healed. I thought all wrong about the people that I worked for. I thought all wrong about the man, about the boss, about... My job. I thought all wrong about my parents, about authority, about the police officers. I thought all wrong. I felt like the world owed me something. Here I am. <laughs> no, no, no. I was all wrong. But when Jesus forgave me of all my sins, not only did He forgive my sins, but He healed me of my stinking thinking. He healed my bad, He, he healed me of, of destructive behaviors. He healed me of bad attitudes. You see, He wants to come and He wants to heal your mind. He wants to set you free. Some in this room today are held captive by Satan's chains. You've made wrong choices and bad choices, and those choices have caused you to become ensnared and entangled in problems of life that have become so great. You made a lot of bad choices. He's come to heal you today. You see, not only does He heal your body, He heals your mind. He heals your spirit. He heals your whole man. He heals us of all our diseases. The next kernel that we see this morning is the kernel of redemption. The kernel of redemption. We can take just a moment today. Man, I've only got four up here. I lost one already. Oh, I got a bunch over there I can use. He redeems your life from destruction. For David, the pit was a grave. It was a snare. David understood this place of destruction. He had seen it firsthand. He had lived it out. But he had experienced the redemptive power of Christ. David, being an Old Testament saint, knew the forgiveness and the cleansing power of God. See, David had moved beyond this understanding of, of, of some kind of, of mechanic, mechanical religious experience into a relationship with God. David understood the power of the presence of God. And when he cries out in the 51st Psalm, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He then says, God, take not Thy presence from me. The power of Redemption. We don't use the word redeem. It's definitely a theological word in our culture today. But when I was a boy, when I was a boy, they used to use the word redeem, and what they would redeem were gold bond and S and H green stamps. Does anybody remember anybody here? You got to be like over forty to remember that. I like give you under, you not. I mean that now they give you points on your Visa card and Mastercard and American Express. You know. The basic of the concept was the same. I remember as a kid, my mom would go to the grocery store, and it went something like this: for every ten cents, every ten cents you spent, you got a stamp. And then all the women, they got this. It was women, all the women, they got this little book, and they put, you know, collect all their stamps. And then, and I remember as a kid, my mom would go down to the redemption center, and they had a gold bond redemption center. And the way that companies and, and grocery stores and gas stations tried to gain your loyalty was by giving you gold-bind stamps. And they would hope that you would continue to buy product at their store. And I remember going down with my mother, she would eye, she would spy out what she wanted to redeem. She would collect her gold bond stamps and when she got her books full, she would go down and she would redeem. She would purchase. The word redemption means to buy back to purchase see he redeemed you he redeemed you with loving kindness and mercy he redeems us from destruction today our lives are set in a course of death our sin comes with a price romans 6 23 says the wages of sin are death but the gift of god is eating. is what is eternal life. Everyone say wages. Wages represents payment. Your sin, your rebellion, needed payment. And that payment was found in the person of Jesus Christ. When Jesus lived and breathed and walked on this planet, He was destined for one thing. He was destined for the cross. He knew He knew what He had to do. And that was to pay the price for your sin. The Bible declares that He that knew no sin became your sin. You were a rascal. You were a rebel. You were far from God. And you needed someone to pay the price. You couldn't pay the price. Your mother couldn't pay the price. Your grandparents and all their good works couldn't pay the price. The United States government couldn't pay the price. You needed a Savior who would pay your price. You see, it wasn't following a religious system that would pay your price. It wasn't being a good person that would pay your price. No! It was coming into a relationship by faith through grace with our Lord Jesus Christ that would pay the price for your sins. Come on, give the Lord a hand cut. The value of something. The value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay. It's true. This last week, there's a vase. A vase. It's a vase if it's at auction. It's a, if it's, it's a vase if it's sitting on your bookshelf. This vase, is called potluck. It was, it's been in a family for over 100 years in England. And uh, 40 years ago, this woman, she takes this vase to an art collector, looks at it, and says, just a good invitation. So she puts it up on a shelf, a bookshelf in her home. And for 40 years, it sat there collecting dust. Well, she died just recently, and her family decided, to, you know, thought it was kind of cool and and decided they'd get it checked out. And and, and so so they took it down, and they had it appraised. And they discovered this Voss was worth more than just a few pennies. This Voss was worth millions. And so this week, at Sotheby's in London, it went on auction, and the final bidding price was 69 million dollars plus tax shipping and uh, you know the guy that did the auction he got 15 million the guy that did the auction got 15 million that's a payday everyone say payday someone was willing to pay 85 million dollars the value of something is determined by what someone else is willing to pay i want you to know the god of heaven thought you were special the god of heaven thought you were so special that he was willing to pay the price by giving his only begotten son john 3:16 says for god so loved the world that he paid the ultimate price he sent his only son his name is jesus god loved us He sent Jesus into the world to die upon the cross that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. The value of your life. You are valuable. You're valuable. You're so valuable to God. You're more valuable than all the gold and all the silver. You're more valuable than all the vases of the world. You are valuable to God. You're His crown jewel. I don't care what anyone else has said. I don't care what your parents have said. I don't care what someone at school said. I don't care what what the educational system said. I don't care what what the treatment center said. I I don't care what what your mother said. I, I don't care what your spouse said. I don't care what anybody says. God says you're valuable. Jesus said that when the father sees a sparrow falling to the ground, he takes notice. How much more valuable are you than they The Bible says that God sees the lily of the field that grows and withers and dies. How much more valuable are you than they? Peter declares it like this. You have been bought with the price. You have been redeemed. The word actually is. You've been redeemed with the price. More valuable than gold. More valuable than silver. You have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. A lamb lamb without blemish. And without defect you are valuable to God that corn of redemption this morning you're so valuable to God i want you to know that he loves you the fourth kernel that you can take in your hand is that God has given you the benefit of a crown this one might not make sense to you but i want you to look at verse number 4 who crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Instead of David giving thanks for the pit which he deserved, David gave God thanks for the crown. You see, David deserved to be humiliated. Instead, he was heralded. David deserved to be forsaken. Instead, he was forgiven. David deserved to be condemned. Instead, he was accepted. David was thanking God because he was crowned with grace. The Bible declares that all authority in heaven and earth have been given unto Jesus. And then Jesus said, but I give that authority unto you. Jesus called the disciples unto Himself. And the Bible says that I give you authority. I crown you with power. See, I want you to know in God's kingdom today, You are a king, a queen. You are a priest. You are valuable. God crowns you. You see, the benefit of being in right relationship is now you have authority with Him. Authority to live victoriously. Authority to conquer. Authority to overcome. Authority to look at your life in a different way. Live your life. The best life that God has for you. And the best life that God has for you is a life that's crowned with loving kindness and mercy, the kernel, the kernel of the crown, the crown in the Bible. There are crowns of righteousness, there are so many crowns of joy, crowns of peace, whole list of crowns the Bible gives. It's your crown today, the crown of love, the loving kindness of God. Do you hear me today? Do you hear me today? Do you hear me? You really crowns you with loving kindness one translation says compassion the compassion of Christ it was the same compassion that Jesus felt that empathy that he felt that caused healing to flow Jesus sees you today and he crowns you with loving kindness we sing that song wrap me in your arms wrap me in your arms he wants wants to wrap you in his arm of love today maybe no one else has ever loved you before Maybe you've never felt a God kind of love before. I want you to know before you leave this place today, you can experience the kernel of the crown of loving kindness and the tender mercies of our God. And finally, I want you to see this fifth kernel. David declares in verse number 5, who satisfies your mouth with good things. He satisfies your mouth with good things. The human tendency of our heart is to never be satisfied. Always wanting something else. To be in another place. Difficult for the human heart. We're like the children of Israel. They were never satisfied. God gave them manna every day. And they wanted to look back at the leeks and the garlic that they had in Egypt. Forgetting the 400 years of slavery and in tyranny. The kernel of satisfaction. He satisfies Your mouth with good things. When you're a child, you can't wait to grow up to become a teenager. When you're a teenager, you can't wait to become independent. When you're single, you can't wait. you got a hunger to get married. When you're married, you can't wait until you have children. When you become middle-aged, you can't wait for your children to grow up and get out of the house. When you become empty nesters, you can't wait for your children to return home. And you, when you become a senior, you can't wait to become a child again. Funny how that circle of life works. The tendency of the human heart is to always want something you don't have. But the Bible says that we can have a relationship with God. Forget not all of his benefits, who satisfies your mouth with good things. And renews your strength. Renews your strength like that of an eagle. I love Isaiah. Isaiah saw this. The weariness of life. You see, we all get weary. Paul the Apostle said it like this. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Isaiah looked at his life, got to a place where he was so weary with all the problems and the sin, and the failures that were taking place around him, and the people that kept turning from God. And he says, they that wait upon the Lord, He shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You see, this morning he gives you the crown of satisfaction. The crown of satisfaction. You see, this kernel, this kernel this morning represents the five kernels of this story that I'm going to tell you now. In 1621, there were a group of pilgrims that left England because they didn't come here to run from religion, they didn't want freedom from religion, they wanted freedom of religion. They wanted to worship the God of the Bible. They wanted to worship in a way that they felt was true to the biblical text. And so they came to this nation. They risked their lives. They crammed into you know, little tiny boats. You can go to Jamestown today and you can see replica of the, the kind of boat that they came over on. It's amazing that anyone made that journey. It's amazing that anyone made that trip. And they lived. In The first year they got here, they were trying to build houses and the winter came and one third of them died. Over 120 people died. And they realized that they didn't have enough food. They didn't know how to grow the crops. And then the, the natives that were here, the American Indians, were trying to show them how to grow the crops. And, and, and they didn't do very well. They were terrible farmers. And they, didn't know, they, didn't, they lived in a mochi pit, and mosquito infested in the summertime. And that winter came and it was brutal. They actually called it the year of starvation. You can read about it, the year of starvation on the internet. It was a year of starvation. They got to one point in that winter. And they literally were eating on a daily basis five kernels. That's how much they were eating every day, five kernels. They knew they had to do things a little differently the next year so in 1622. They decided that they would uh, they'd work real hard at building the buildings, but they're going to plant their crops. And, and they learned, and they got better at it, and they planted their crops, and their crops started to grow, the corn started to grow, but all of a sudden they had a problem. And the problem that they had was that it didn't rain. And they were totally dependent upon rain. And so in the summer of 1622, July, uh, the history tells us, William Bradford actually tells us that he called the day of prayer and fasting. And that day of prayer and fasting, the whole community got together. They prayed and fasted to the God of heaven, whose name is Jesus. Don't be confused. They were deeply, devoutly religious people no matter how much they try to secularize it in our culture today, these people called to the God of heaven and they gave thanks. And in that summer, it began to rain. It was the perfect rain. And for the next two weeks, it rained every single day. And when the harvest came in the fall, they had a bountiful, a bountiful supply of crops. And they gathered together the natives and they threw what was called the first Thanksgiving. It was a day of celebration. A day of thanksgiving. And they took a plate with five kernels. And they began to each one give thanks. In remembrance of the bounty and the benefits that God had given to them. It's become a tradition in many places. I woke up early this morning. Early this morning. I mean, I had just a sense of anticipation. And I began to think about all the benefits that God has given to me. Oh, I thank God for these five benefits, but what I begin to realize is that God has given me so much more. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the benefits are the mercies of the Lord endure forever. The benefits of God are everlasting. They go on and on and on. Then I begin to think about the benefits that God has given to me in my life. I thought about the benefit of salvation and the times that God has healed me supernaturally. My mind and my body my spirit I thought about how God redeemed me. Oh, how He redeemed me. I was a rascal and a rebel. and He paid the price. Just the other day, I was thinking about the cross. Thinking about what He actually did for me. Every once in a while, I'll think about, wow, He really did it for me. He really loves me. He crowns me with loving kindness. I know the God of heaven loves me today. I know He loves me. I also know He loves you satisfies. I know when I'm going the wrong direction in my life. or I know when I'm not quite right in my relationship with him. When I'm not grateful. When I'm not thankful. And one of the ways that you know you're not thankful is that you're complaining. The Bible declares in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, in everything, not for everything, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So I begin to give God thanks. I begin to thank God for my wife. The greatest gift that God has given to me. Her name was Laura Loy. She's now Laura Jean Smith. Laura Laura Loy was the greatest gift outside of my salvation that God has ever given to me. When I was, amen. That's, uh, amen. All the men who got a good wife say, amen. Come on, men, ought to stand up and cheer your wives. Greatest gift that God gave to me was my wife. I was a senior in Bible college. I'd gone all the way through four years. Actually, it took me, I'm a little slow, so it took me five years. I was on the five-year plan, and I had one class left to take. We'd already started a church. God was blessing it. It was successful. God was blessing the church, and, and I just didn't see the need to finish that last course. My wife said, kick me and push me. and said, you're going to finish. You're going to get your degree. And I went ahead, and I finished, and I got my degree. You know, I thank God he liked those 400, 380 years ago we thank God I have a lot to be thankful for you know but my wife has done something else she's given me two beautiful boys she's given me a son named Austin I love Austin so much he's my firstborn he's so special I mean he's so passionate about life he's so passionate about people he's so kind to people he's just kind to people And you know, he's grown up, and he's gone through high school, and and everyone has their challenges, and I look at his life, and I just say, God, thank you for my son. You know, there's something that my son decided to do his junior year. I had no idea. He decided to join a program called ROTC, and he joined ROTC, and something in him said, you know what, I want to serve my nation. I began to think about that, what that really meant uh, this last week as I saw pictures coming across the screen of 19, 20, 21 year old young boys who have given their life for this country. I said, Nah, not my boy. You see, the fact is, if it's between you and my son, it's my son every time. Every time. I mean, I love you, but you know what? Mm-mm, 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 no way. It's my son. But he made a choice going to finish school and his plans are to go into the air force i love my son and then she gave me another son his name is keenan i'll tell you what keenan he's a bright one he's got a smart mind he's passionate he loves to worship plays the keys learning to play the drums pastor glennon is his idol he's going to play the guitar i mean he loves god he's passionate about leadership he loves the local church he loves school loves people I love Keenan. Once again, between you and my son, mm, 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 my son every time. Come on, all the parents said amen. I thank God for my son. Then I begin to think about my father. You know, my father wasn't a perfect man in many ways. In many ways there are many things that I'd done exactly the opposite. But my father was a person who just accepted people. He accepted people just the way they were some of my ability to pastor is because my father just basically, he didn't try to fix nobody. He had his own junk and stuff and he just loved people. He just loved people. I thank God for my father today. Then I begin to think about my mama. Every single day at 5 o'clock in the morning, my mother would get up. True, she'd go to the couch, although that, that house is no longer owned by our family. She would sit on that couch in the corner and she would read her Bible and she'd begin to pray. She'd pray for her children. She'd pray for her grandchildren. She'd pray for her church. She'd pray for her pastor. She'd pray for her area ministry. She loved people. I am here today as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ because I had a mother who stood in the gap. I had a mother who prayed me all the way into the kingdom of God, and I thank God for that today. Then I begin to thank God. I begin to think about my oldest sister. I got four sisters. I begin to think about my older sister, and she taught me how to fight. No, I mean. She taught me how to forgive. And then I begin to thank God. You know, man, she's got three kids, and i got a call in my life to stand in the gap in her seat for my family. And I thank God for her kids. Then I begin to think about my other sister and begin to praise God for her loyalty and her commitment to me. As a young man, I remember I was in Bible college, and I had no way, no money to get back home. And I remember my sister scraped up some money to buy an airplane ticket. I'll never forget that all the days of my life, my sister Celinda has always been so loyal to me and I thank God for her and I begin to thank God for my other sister her name is Simone and I love her she's just been such a great woman and God she's so much like my mother she's a prayer warrior she's an intercessor and she leads a ministry she came alongside me when she was 19 she helped my wife and I found a ministry in Seattle Seattle inner city outreach we had the largest children's ministry in the city she was so passionate for God and she met a fine young man there. They got married. They got two beautiful kids. I began to thank God for them. And I began to thank God for my youngest sister, Superna. She's awesome. She just loves... She's passionate for people. She loves people. And her husband, Mike. And then I began to thank God, Saperna's getting ready to have a baby. Well, another one. This Thanksgiving, this Christmas, we're going to have a new addition to our family. And then, come on, then I begin to thank God. Amen. And then I said, wow, it didn't stop there. I began to think about my dad. You know, my dad had five brothers and sisters. So... Began to thank God for them, and then I began to thank God for all their kids. Well, then he had about 25 cousins. There, oh my goodness! And I began to thank God for them. And then all of a sudden, I began to oh my, 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 my. And then I went into my bedroom this morning. and I began. I put on my. Well, how do I do it? I put on my pants first. So I put on my pants, and I said, wow, that's pretty cool." I looked in that closet. I had 22 pair of khakis. I don't even wear khakis anymore. But man, I began to thank God. I don't just got one pair of pants. I got 22 pair of pants, and Then I put on my shirt and I said, well, my wife said, you ain't wearing that shirt out today. And she picked out three I could choose from out of the 70 that she had to choose from. Uh Uh-oh, I better start. I mean, I begin to think, I don't have just one shirt. I got 70 shirts to choose from today. Then I put on my shoes and I didn't have just, oh, I looked down, I put on that one pair of black shoes, but I had 10 more pairs of shoes to choose from. And then I walked outside and I began to think about the neighborhood that I lived in. And my, neighbor, my neighbors are actually at peace with me. I began to think about, I live in a country, man, they're not holding me up to get into my neighborhood. And I began to think about the grass outside and how my homeowners association sent me a letter because my grass was dying. And I began to thank God. Oh! For all the benefits, come on. Then I walked into my office today, I pulled up to the church, and I saw the men outside, parking people in the parking lot, and I began to thank God for a group of people who believe that His love is to be brought to this city one person at a time. Then I began to thank God for all the greeters and all the ushers. Then I begin to thank God for all those who served this morning on the worship team and who begin to give them praise. And I begin to thank God for my friends on the advisory team. Then I begin to thank God for my staff and their family and their children. Then I just, come on, I couldn't stop myself. I begin to give him praise.
0: Thanks for listening to this message, Five Kernels of Corn, with lead pastor Eugene Smith. For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.com or call 407-321-9600.